Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. Thanks for joining Tyler and I for another episode. This is episode 111, and today we'll be chatting with Corey Pollock, co-founder of Lead, where gamers share and discover the best gameplay highlights. Corey is a product manager at Tiny Hearts in Toronto. He's also built and launched several side projects over the years, including his latest startup, Leet. Corey joins us to share his story, how he got into tech and startups, how he approaches working on side projects, how he builds communities, what motivated him to launch Leet, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet us at hack to start drop us an email at hey at hacktostart.com, or share your feedback right on iTunes with a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Hey, Corey, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Franco and I are super excited to have you on the show just to hear more about your story and a really cool project that you're working on called Leap. But before we dive into that, we'd like to know a bit more about yourself. Where are you from and what did you study? Yeah, so uh, born and raised uh, just outside of Toronto. I went to uh, Ryerson University for my undergrad and, and there I studied business technology management uh, and I did a minor in entrepreneurship as well. That's really cool. I love what the DMZ is doing there. It, it's such like an interesting hub here in Toronto where they're, you know, allowing students to come in and work on ideas and even incubating startups within within the community. Yeah, definitely. It was really great to kind of get a chance to to work at the DMZ for a short period of time and, and just to be surrounded by so much like innovation and, and startups and other stuff is, is just a, is just really cool. So how did your passion for design and technology really develop? Yeah, so I've, I've always kind of been interested in design and, and technology and kind of the, the merger between those two. Uh, when I was a kid, I was, you know, obsessed with video games and I was a part of, of like video game forums and stuff. And kind of my first foray into design was uh, actually making uh, avatars and things for people on, on this like Battlefield 2 forum that I was a part of. And so through that, I kind of like self-taught myself Photoshop and the Adobe suite. And so that was kind of my first step into design. And then on the technology side, I was always kind of interested in computers, taking apart old computers in my parents' basement, which is, I'm sure, a story for a lot of people. And I think my brother as well had a big influence. He's an industrial designer. And I think kind of vicariously through him, I learned a lot about, you know, usability design and visual design as well. That's awesome. Avatars. That's really cool. Do do you still have them kicking around? I wish I did. I'm sure if I dug through some of like uh, our old computers, I could find something. And I really should do that one day because it'd be hilarious to, to look at again. So how did you first get into startup and what was your first role? Yeah, so kind of uh, my first step into startups was uh, when I started doing my entrepreneur minor uh, at Ryerson University. It was kind of a very new thing to me. I was doing business technology, which was pretty much a direct path to working in a bank as a business analyst, uh, which wasn't really what I wanted to do. So the entrepreneurship major was really refreshing. And so from there, I joined a student group called Enactus. They're like a uh, students in free enterprise, like very entrepreneurial 
And so that was really my first exposure to like building businesses and learning the basics of, of entrepreneurship. So from there, I worked with them for like a year or so. Uh, I ended up being the project manager for like one of their largest events, uh, the $50,000 business plan competition, which was really cool. I got to, you know, meet a bunch of cool people in the startup space in Toronto. Uh, I got to meet people like Satish Kanwar from uh, Shopify and April Dunford. And so that was a, a really cool experience. And then kind of shortly after that, I wanted to kind of get some real experience with a real startup. Uh, and so from there, I figured the DMZ would kind of be like the best place to start. It's, you know, right across the street. It's a part of Ryerson University. So um, I kind of connected with Rob Lay, who is the founder of Tiny Hearts, and he kind of brought me on board to kind of work with them. And that's kind of been the way that I've gotten into kind of the startup space. Uh, and in terms of like, you know, my first roles and stuff at Tiny Hearts, I actually started as a content writer, funny enough. Uh, that was kind of the first thing that Rob Lay set me out to do. And I totally failed at that. Definitely not a very good content writer. But from there, just kind of learned to be a generalist and, and taking on various different tasks, whether it's design or web development, things like that, and really just learning as much as I can about a various different things. That's awesome. We've uh, actually had Rob Lay on the show before. So how, how did you like, you know, how did you approach him and, and convince him to uh, to bring you onto the team there? I got a kind of soft intro from someone who he knew and, and we met up. And I guess at the time, at the time I was working with the Bank of Montreal, kind of implementing like project and program management methodologies, working with a team there to do that. So I think he was interested in, in what I was doing at the Bank of Montreal at the time and, and kind of wanted to implement some of those learnings at Tiny Heart. So I think that was kind of where he first saw some potential in me, I suppose. Uh, and then from there, just kind of like trying to work to find uh, how I fit within the organization, which was only like three or four people at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And so other than, you know, not being so good at writing copy, what were some of your other, you know, favorite projects or, or things you really got a chance to work on? And what were some of the biggest, you know, outcomes from that? Yeah, so in terms of like favorite projects, I would say like a quick fit, one of our, it's a seven minute workout app that we made. I was kind of there from the inception of that idea until we shipped it on the app store. And so that was really like my first view in, into like how like award winning products are built end to end. Um, and it's really kind of like um, focus on the key of like building simplicity. Um, so a quick fit, seven minute workout app, super simple. That's basically exactly what it does. The UI was super simplistic and straightforward, really easy for anyone to pick up and use. Um, so it was really great to kind of see how that was designed and developed and shipped. And so that one actually went on to be featured in an, in an international Apple commercial, which was super cool to see kind of your work on, on a world stage like that was really cool. So yeah, it's cool to work on something that actually makes kind of an, an impact on people's lives. In this case was more like fitness, getting reviews from people saying like, you know, you helped me lose a lot of weight or you helped me, you know, work out with my kid and spend more time with him and stuff like that is uh, really cool. I, I can only imagine what it's like to see, you know, some of your work on an Apple commercial. <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't know what, what, what better there is after that. I don't know, maybe maybe going to the White House or something. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but so during your time at Tiny Hearts, you know, obviously like there's a huge entrepreneurial culture there and side projects and experimentation is, is like a huge part of, you know, uh, of not only startups, but specifically Tiny Hearts. So you actually started a couple different things, which I would just love to dive into a little bit. So the first one, hashtag gaming, which was an online community that you created in kind of 24 hours. Can you talk to us a bit about like why you decided to create this and, and how you went about building that community? 
Yeah, so uh, Hashtag Gaming is a Slack community for gamers. And so uh, one of the reasons I wanted to make that was for uh, the app that I was working on, my own personal other side project or business, which was Leet. Um, and so Leet is an app for gamers to share gameplay highlights. So looping back, Hashtag Gaming was to find like early beta testers and get early feedback on Leet. But I needed to find a way to kind of like populate this community. So... We take another step back. I created uh, this website called Slacklist, and Slacklist lists all the top Slack communities. And so I kind of threw that together over a weekend. Uh, I shipped it on Product Hunt uh, with thanks from Roble, and it kind of shot up to the top. I think we have over like a thousand upvotes or something on Product Hunt now. And so from there, it just funneled people into hashtag gaming. I think we still get about like 60 uh, new signups per week, uh, which is pretty cool organic growth. Um, and yeah, and that was actually a really great way to get early users and early beta testers onto Leet. It actually drove, you know, a lot of our initial testers. It's really cool. And it's awesome to hear you kind of bring up the, you know, the Slack list and, and the thousand upvotes on, on Product Hunt. What was that kind of launch like, uh, if you remember it or, or could share some of the steps? Like, how did you guys get to a thousand upvotes? Because that's a, a pretty big milestone. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So it, funny enough, it wasn't overly complicated. It's really just kind of preparing yourself preparing, you know, the first comment for when you post it to Product Hunt, preparing all the right images, the right copy and things like that. And we threw it up, I think, at like 4 a.m. So I got up really, really early and, and just kind of kept hitting the refresh button uh, as people would comment and upvote. And it, it was really good timing because Slack was a little fresh um, and was something that, you know, people were looking to explore it a little bit more. It was new and exciting and people were looking for these types of uh, groups to join. And so this was really like the most beautiful and, and best repository of these groups at the time. So I think it really resonated with people and that really helped it just shoot up the charts. I think we were number one for the day. Um, and it still gets like, like I said, a ton of organic traffic uh, through product ton and through just like web SEO. That's awesome. So, you know, given that you've started quite a few side projects and I still, you know, I think before we hit record, we were chatting about, you know, more side projects. How do you typically like approach starting a side project? How do you find time for it? How do you decide what to work on? What's, what's your process, I guess? And, and also like, why do you do it? Yeah, so in terms of like picking an idea or a side project to work on, it's always kind of based on on something that I'm passionate about at that time. Um, with hashtag gaming and with Slacklist, like I said, Slack was really new, so I was really obsessed with it. And I was just, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, opportunity spotting or idea spotting. Um, when you're so immersed in a product, it's easy to see like, oh, well, this would be good to have or I would love to see this. And so when those things come up, I think of ways that I can pursue those and, and really just, just take action and start building something. Another example, I made a Chrome extension called Cycle Tab. And so that one at the time, I was really obsessed with Chrome extensions. They were like really popular at the time. Giphy came out with their Giphy tab. Uh, Product Hunt came out with their Product Hunt tab Chrome extension. And there was no way to use all of them at one time. You can only use one at any given time. So I was like, well, why don't I make a Chrome extension that allows me to use every single one whenever I open up a new tab? So they're all really built off of this kind of obsession or, or interest in a certain area. And that's kind of where I start. And so from there, once I come up with like an idea of something I want to make, um, it's really about boiling it down to the most simple product that it can be. So like, what are the key features that would make this usable and, and good enough to ship, making it as easy as possible and like even time boxing it 
to like maybe a couple of months. Um, and then from there, it's just finding someone to help me build it. I don't always have the, <laughs> the expertise. I do a little bit of web development, but I can't do everything. So with CycleTab, I relied on some friends and Slacklist was all me. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I start and, and how I kind of execute on things. That's really cool. So, so you've actually taken one of your side projects and actually built a company out of it called Leap. So would you be able to share with us a little bit about Leap and what motivated you to start it? Yeah, so Leet uh, is an app for gamers to share their best gameplay highlights so users can uh, share short 15-second uh, gaming highlights. It's very much like Vine or, or like Instagram for gamers. And so Leet came about as I was chatting with my now co-founder. He kind of had the concept and we kind of brought it to life together. But really, it was based on a problem that we saw where, you know, people were sharing highlights, but they're very kind of scattered around various different communities. But there wasn't really a central community for gamers to just quickly and easily share highlights in, in one spot. And so this also kind of builds on my like kind of passion for communities, which you can see in like Slacklist and Hashtag Gaming, where I just love building places where people can share and, and kind of chat about something that they're all mutually interested in. That's awesome. So what's your experience been building and launching mobile products? Is there any insights you can give to our listeners? Jeez, there's almost too many thoughts and, and, and insights to share. It's definitely, it's an interesting process. It's, uh, it's very exciting. It has its ups and, and it has its downs for sure. I think a really important thing to focus on when you're building like digital products like apps is to be laser focused on what you're building. I think it's really easy to have scope creep um, and to start focusing on features that aren't necessary at the time. They might be necessary down the road, but probably in V1 where you are, it's probably not necessary. And so we've run into some stuff like that with lead in terms of overbuilding, which hasn't been detrimental by any means, but you can always save time, right? So I think just being laser focused is really important. And and a great way to be laser focused is by getting a ton of user feedback. And I think this is something that I've learned recently is, is that it's, it's always something like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, we'll get user feedback. Like, of course, we'll talk to people. But you never do it as much as you should. And really just taking the time to, to just like set up like weeks full of just user feedback meetings, user interviews, and just getting as much feedback as you can really helps to, to keep your focus laser focused and, and building the products and building the features that people actually want to use and will make the app more sticky. You know, for sure. I think, I think just usability testing is something a lot of like small companies or startups overlook. But could we dive in a little bit deeper into just your process on, on getting feedback on your mobile product? Yeah, so in terms of getting feedback, recently it's just been kind of uh, reaching out to specific users directly, uh, whether that's via email or, or via Twitter. I spend a lot of time on, on Twitter DM just uh, kind of communicating regularly directly with a lot of our users. And I think also, you know, we built up an email list um, all the way from our very early beta. And, and really having those emails is, is really crucial because you can always, you know, send out an email and be like, hey, can you guys check out this survey? Even incentivizing them with like a little bit of money or, or a prize or something is, is good. And, and that's really a great way just to get as much feedback as possible and just integrate that back into the product. So, so do you have any growth strategies that you've taken to onboard new users to the platform? Yeah, so in terms of growth strategies for Leet, 
we're still kind of experimenting with a bunch of them. But to date so far, influencer marketing has really been um, our largest kind of growth factor. Um, and so this is working alongside Twitch streamers. We have our Leap Partner Program, which we've signed on a number of Twitch streamers too. And, and they really just help get the word out about Leap, promote it to their audience. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot easier when you're working with people that also love the product because then they're much more uh, willing to, to share and, and talk about the product with their audience. So that's really been a large growth channel for us. As well, you know, communities that we built like hashtag gaming and things like that are really big um, in terms of driving uh, user feedback as well as new users. And lastly, I think kind of like in-person conversations has also been helpful. So we've attended some conferences in Toronto in the gaming space, and I'm going to be heading off to uh, TwitchCon at the end of September. Um, and really just looking forward to, you know, meeting a lot of these streamers and other gamers face to face and, and, and just getting more people on board the app. That's amazing. So what's next for yourself and Leet for the upcoming months? Yeah, so uh, we've kind of been heads down doing a lot of user testing as of recently, uh, really trying to just optimize the platform for stickiness and for growth. And then on top of that, just continuing to also grow the platform. It's really kind of uh, you got to balance those two fairly well in order to kind of keep the app healthy. Absolutely. It's really cool. So what are some of the most recent apps that you've, you know, downloaded or used for your personal professional life or, you know, draw inspiration from for some of the stuff that you're working on? Yeah, good question. Um, apps that I use like really frequently, there's this app called Quartz, which is a, uh, a news app. Uh, and it kind of goes off the uh, kind of bot interface um, sort of thing. So it's, it's like a chat bot, but for news. And so I use that like many times a day uh, just to kind of consume news. And it, it's really cool because it's just it's an interesting way and a new way to consume news. And it, it definitely rides off of the whole chat bot craze that's going on right now. I'm on my iPhone all the time, but I don't use like a ton of, of apps. It's like Twitter, Slack, Facebook. Obviously, Leet is really the app that I use most often. Um, it's really important for me to be in that app all the time and really just kind of kind of promoting the community and making sure that you know members are okay and that the community is healthy and people are uploading and and really just you know looking out for ways that we can improve the product and things like that so I definitely am pretty selfish in my app selection and, and I, I definitely spend a lot of time on leap that's awesome do you have any recommendations on great content that you've come across lately either a book video or a blog post yeah, so a book that I read recently was uh, Traction, which was really a great book to learn how to set kind of like high-level growth strategies for your product. So you can really kind of plan ahead of time and really hit the ground running when you need to start running some of these growth experiments. That was a really great book. Another one I would highly suggest is uh, Hooked. And so that's kind of about building uh, sticky apps and, and making sure that you kind of have that hook model to hook users in and keep them coming back for more later on. I think that's a really important book to read if you're building really any product. And I also subscribe to an awesome newsletter uh, from Benedict Evans that I really love. Um, and so he sends that off like every Sunday or something um, and just gives kind of an overview of, of important tech news. And it's really just a great way to stay on top of kind of what's going on in the industry, um, what trends are super popular in terms of tech and, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. All all amazing resources. So definitely recommend that other people check it out. We'll make sure that we link to them so uh, people listening can find it. So, you know, kind of given your experience, uh, you know, so far as an entrepreneur and stuff like that, do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you think others should know about? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think for one, I would definitely say, you know, always stay positive about things. I would say, you know, generally life is like pretty good. Um, and if you have the freedom and the ability to kind of work on something that you're passionate about, then you should be uh, really, really happy about that and really kind of uh, encouraging yourself to continue working on those things. Um, so I always try to stay positive about things, even if things aren't aren't going so great, as, as that kind of just helps me, you know, stay pushing forward and keep working on things. So that's one thing. And, and another one, I think I would say, you know, always be curious and, and never stop learning. Uh, which is something I've kind of done wholeheartedly um, in terms of kind of being a Swiss Army knife and learning uh, as much as I can and doing as much as I can. And so I, there's an interesting quote from uh, one of my old Ryerson entrepreneurship professors where, you know, there, there could be a diamond on the ground, but it's only the people that are looking down and paying attention that are going to find it. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, you should always be kind of like idea spotting and looking for, you know, those gaps in the market and how you can make the world a better place through building really awesome products. So, yeah, just kind of always be curious and, and never really stop learning new things. Awesome. Yeah, it's a really great way to uh, end the episode. Corey, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was awesome to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Well, that's another episode of Hack to Start. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you join us again soon. Remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on the web at hacktostart.com. We honestly couldn't do it without your awesome support, so please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next week, and we hope you enjoy the show.